Good morning. It's Thursday morning, and today's chapter is about Mahmud. They're in Macedonia heading to Serbia in 2015, and there's they are 14 to 15 days from home. Mahmud felt like he was back in Syria. Policemen with guns guarded the border from Greece into Macedonia, and he felt dirty again, unwanted, illegal. Even without travel papers, Mahmud and his family had been able to exchange their Syrian pounds for euros and buy train tickets from Athens to Thessalonica, like Thessaloniki, and from there to a little Greek town near the border of Macedonia. Now they were headed for the Macedonian town of Gevgelia, where they hoped to catch a train north to Serbia and from there to Hungary. But first, they had to find a way to sneak across the border. Mom had pointed out a little tangle of tents and laundry lines just off the gravel road, and Mom's father pulled them into the camp to plan their next move. It was another little refugee village, the kind of makeshift town Mom had seen again and again on the road out of Syria. Mom and his father hunkered down behind a trash barrel and watched the border crossing. The Macedonian police weren't turning people away, but they might be checking papers and Mahmud's family hadn't waited in Athens for official travel permits. Mahmud's dad pulled out his iPhone and consulted the map. This whole area is farmland, his father said, flatland, too easy to be caught. He scrolled sideways on the map and Mahmud leaned in closer. It looks like there's a forest here to the west, dad said. They can't have every meter of the border guarded. We'll slip through at night. Once we're in Macedonia, we'll be all right. Where's your mother? Mom had looked up. Mom was where she always was, working her way through the tents, looking for Hannah. Hannah wasn't there, though, and she wasn't at any of the other little clusters of refugee tents they passed as they hiked farther into the countryside. At some place he'd picked from the map on his iPhone, Mamad's father led them off a dirt road into a dark forest. It was late, well after midnight, and Mamad was weary from walking. But they still had two hours to walk to the Macedonian border. Walid raised his arms to be carried, and Dad hefted him up against his shoulder. Mamad bristled. Walid was being a baby. He was too big to be carried. Mamad was tired too, but nobody was carrying him. They walked along in silence, their way lit only by the occasional glow of the phone screen as Dad checked their position. The forest was full of tall pine trees that crowded almost everything else out, and the ground was covered with brown pine needles that smelled like a car freshener. Somewhere in the forest, an owl screeched, and Mahmud heard the scurrying of small animals. Every rustle made Mahmud jump. Every scuffle gave him goosebumps. He was a city boy, used to the lights and sounds of traffic. Here, every sound was like a gunshot in the unearthly dark and quiet. It terrified Mahmud. At last, they emerged from the dark woods and found the train station. It was a small, two-story, mustard-colored building with a burgundy roof and rounded gables. It was also packed with people. 
Hundreds of people slept outside using their backpacks and trash bags as pillows. They filled the train platform and the sidewalks in front of the station, and some even slept between the tracks. Plastic bottles and empty bags and discarded wrappers littered the ground. Mom had watched his father's shoulders sag. Mom had felt the same way. But then his father stood taller and hiked Walid up higher on his shoulder. Hey, at least we know we're on the right track, he said. He grinned at Mamad. The right track. Get it? Mamad got it. He just think any of he just didn't think any of this was funny. No? Nothing? his father said. I guess I need to train you better. Mamad still didn't laugh. He was too tired. Mamad's mother had already left them, stepping carefully among the sleeping refugees like a ghost, searching for Hannah. The train station looks closed, Mamad's father told him. We'll have to find some place to sleep. We'll come back in the morning and see if we can buy tickets. They found a nearby hotel listed on TripAdvisor, and they collected Mamad's mother and set out for the inn on foot. Mamad couldn't wait to climb into a real bed. He felt like he could sleep for days. A car came up behind them, and this time Mama didn't jump out in front of it, but it slowed down and stopped beside them anyway. You need taxi? The man said in broken Arabic. No, Mama's father said. We're just going to the hotel. Hotel much money, the man said. You go to Serbia, I take you in taxi. 25 euros each. Mama did the math. A hundred euros was a lot of money almost 24,000 Syrian pounds. But a taxi ride straight to Serbia without spending the night or longer in Macedonia? Mamad's parents huddled together and Mamad listened in. Train tickets were likely cheaper and mom worried about accepting a ride from a strange man in a country they didn't know. But dad argued there wasn't another train until at least tomorrow and there were already so many people waiting for for the train at the station. We're all tired and a taxi gets us closer to Germany. Sleeping on the ground doesn't, Mamad threw in. That's the deciding vote then, Dad said. We'll take the car. It was a good decision. Two hours and 100 euros later, they were at the Serbian border. It was still dark, but there were no border guards where the driver dropped them off. No roads either. Mamad had slept a little in the car, but he felt like a zombie as he shambled with his family along the railroad tracks that would take them across the border from Macedonia to the nearest Serbian town. Since they were traveling, they were permitted to skip their early morning prayers. They staggered into a town just after sunup. Mom had thought that if he didn't lie down somewhere and sleep, he would pass out on his feet and fall flat on his face. But there were even more refugees at this train station than there had been in Macedonia. And here there were no tents and no hotel rooms. People slept on the platform of the station or outside in the fields. There were no toilets either and no markets or restaurants. What little the local Serbs had, they were charging a fortune for. One man was selling water bottles for five euros apiece. A group of men sat around a power strip, charging their phones as though they were huddled around a campfire. Mamad had seen scenes like this everywhere along the route from Athens to Germany. 
He and his family paused just long enough to recharge their own phones again, and then they were on the move once more. Mohammed was so tired he wanted to cry. His father found them a bus to Belgrade, and Mohammed was thankful for the few hours sleep, uncomfortable though they were. It was almost sundown when they arrived in the Serbian capital, but they still couldn't stop. The police there were raiding hotels for illegal refugees, so Dad found another taxi driver who promised to take them the two hours farther to the Hungarian border. Taxis were expensive, but so was trying to stay overnight in a city that didn't want you. The silver four-door Volkswagen was driven by a middle-aged, olive-skinned Serbian man with a neatly trimmed black beard. He promised to get them to Hungary and keep them away from the police for 30 euros apiece, more than it had cost them to cross all of Macedonia. It was a tight fit in the car with Mohammed, his mother, and his father crammed into the back seat and Walid in his father's lap. This new driver seemed to find every rut and hole in the road and send them flying into each other. But none of that mattered to Mohammed. He was asleep almost as soon as he'd closed his eyes, and he only woke again when he realized the car wasn't moving. Had it really been two hours already? He felt like he'd just gone to sleep. Mohammed's eyelids fluttered and he looked out the windows. He expected to see the lights of a Serbian border town, another tent city. Instead, they were stopped in the middle of a lonely stretch of highway surrounded by dark, empty fields. And the taxi driver was leaning over the back seat with a pistol aimed straight at them. And that's the end of this chapter for today. I hope you enjoyed that. We'll see you tomorrow. I miss you all.